Hey everybody, it's Greg Griffin here with the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing a game. On this podcast, I sit down with individuals who are making a living in the world of sports. And no, I'm not talking about the star athlete. I'm talking about the non-athlete. On each episode, I'll sit down with a special guest to learn about their journey, their struggles, and their day-to-day operation and what they do. And also, maybe even learn a few things or two. So sit back, relax, and join in the fun on the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing a game. So, um, I got my good friend uh, Stephen Watson here with um, WISN 12, right? Channel 12 in the, the sports department. Um, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank yeah, you very much yeah, for having yeah. me on. Appreciate it. Again, uh, thanks for, you know, taking some time out today just to sit down with me and kind of, you know, share your journey, your testimony um, to how you got to, to, to where you are. So, I always open it up by saying, so when did you find your passion, you know, and to, to do what you're doing now? Like, how did you get started? Yeah, I have one of those cliche stories yeah. <laughs> that I you know, started broadcasting games when I was watching them as a young kid. Okay. And, uh, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. Okay. And um, actually, yeah, I know, we're not all bad sports fans. <laughs> right, you're right. right. I, I say, we're passionate. Yeah. Um, but I, I grew up and actually always kind of knew I wanted to get into this. I started the sports broadcasting club at my high school. Really? Um, okay. Back in Philadelphia. We had a local access channel that we used to broadcast okay. uh, five different sports games. They were never live. We didn't okay. have the access to do it live, but they were always on tape delay. So okay. me and a couple of my buddies um, were actually still in the industry to this really? day. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of rare. Um, we all started the sports broadcasting club together, and one, uh, both of them are in play-by-play right now. Okay. I'm in local news. So okay. we're all still following our dream. And um, That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've kind of, one of the reasons I went to college was for it. And okay. I, I'm still in love with it, so I'm still so, still on the journey. So you find your passion, you don't look at it like as like a job per se. Because I often hear people say, find what you you know you love to do, so it's like your passion. But oftentimes, we may not even know what that passion is. So when you find it, then you really have to you know run with it, right? Yeah, and you know, and you yeah. really do. I mean, there. Are, it's not all glitz and glamour, mm-hmm. which is something that I like to tell prospective students or anybody that might be interested in this industry. Sure, I love my job. Okay, I, mean, I wouldn't still do it if I didn't if I didn't love it uh-huh. um, because it it really is a grind. It's, mm-hmm. it's working. You know, in sports, for me, yeah. I'm always going to work nights and I'm always going to work weekends because okay. that's when sports happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my off days are Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so social life is, you know, it's, 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 it happens on Monday and Tuesday, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, not not a ton to do on Mondays. Okay, and right. It's creative. Um, but it also the way the industry works is you have to start small and work your way up, sure. just like a lot of different industries are. But. Um, so I went to the University of Wisconsin. Knowing, Shout out to the Badgers, right? Yeah, yeah. I know this is Marquette. Yeah. Podcast, right. so I hope you guys, it was nice of you to invite on the Badgers. Right. I have love for Marquette. Um, so I went to Wisconsin because of their journalism school. That okay. was one of the main reasons I went there because I had heard great things. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to go to a Big Ten school sure. that had big sports and an opportunity to cover big events. Um, so I got to do a lot of play-by-play when okay. I was in college for Big Ten Network has a student U program where they allow students to broadcast sure, yeah. games. I did student radio. I did some writing as well okay. for the Badger Herald. How was the Just, play-by-play? Because people may look at it, oh, I can do that. That's easy, you yeah. know. But me, who's who's thinking about diving yeah. into play-by-play, that's nerve-wracking to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very hard. It takes sure. a lot of preparation. Okay. Um, I mean, people just think, oh, I just need to learn the names. No, mm-hmm. you have to learn everybody's story. Okay. Because you never know how a game is going to play out. Yeah. Um, 
you're you're lucky if a game is high action, you know, mm-hmm. high intensity, where you just let the game tell itself. Yeah. But there are some games where there are some lulls and there are mm-hmm. some moments that you need to fill and you need stories, and that's sure. what really enhances a broadcast. So yeah, I used to put days and days of preparation into okay. a single broadcast. Um, some advice I always got is treat every game like it's a Super Bowl. Okay. And, <laughs> and you know, playing off that, my first on-air job was actually in play-by-play. I was in Bismarck, North Dakota working okay. for... Wait, wait, a, where? Yeah, right? Yeah, for a kid that grew up outside of Philadelphia, yeah. I, I don't think I looked at a map. And, Talk about and, stepping and out on so, faith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and really, that's what this industry is all about, okay. is taking risks and really, you know, when I talk about it's not all glitz and glamour, I can sure. tell you there are a lot of moments in Bismarck that were not all glitz and glamour. Okay. But I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't take that jump mm-hmm. and and got and I got incredible experience. I did I did a hundred games in two hundred days wait, of wait. live oh. television. Um, wow. So you know, coming out of college, that was that was what I needed to do to mm-hmm. to get comfortable on air and and find your voice. Sure. You know, as as we say in the industry. And I actually still have a passion for play-by-play. I haven't okay. done it in a couple of years, but I'd like to find a way back into it. Okay. I'm kind of working on that right now to, uh-huh. to try and get back in because that really is so much fun. Okay. Just to be at, you know, people to get to call games and be at sports mm-hmm. events. I mean, that, that, that is why we get into this industry. That's why I still do it today yeah. because I get to travel and go to games. And that's the best part about working in sports is being at the games and getting that reaction. And, and that's what I was going to bring up, like the, the whole um, aspect or, or notion that, you know what, I'm at the sporting event that I may not necessarily get the opportunity to go to, right? Yeah. But I'm not there, you know, as a fan. But I'm there working, and that's awesome. Like, yeah, you, you kind of get up for that. So you want to, you know, master your craft so that you give your best. So like, um, the game is amazing. What you're presenting to the audience is amazing. So it's like a perfect, perfect match. It is, but I also. When I am working a game versus when I'm going to a game as a fan, it's a completely different Diff- okay. experience. Sure. Um, for me, you know, you, you definitely have some pinch me moments. Like, I can't <laughs> okay. believe I'm getting paid to be at yeah, yeah. the <laughs> NFC Championship yeah. here in Seattle uh, or Atlanta, which I've been fortunate enough to, to cover both of those NFC Championships over okay. the last couple of years or bowl games, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But you're looking for tendencies, you're looking for stats, you're looking okay. for stuff that you're going to set yourself up for when you're on air later that day. Or sure. if you're in play-by-play, I mean, you're so in, in, mm-hmm. you know intertwined into the actual game itself, yeah, yeah. there probably aren't a lot of moments that you sit back and go, wow, I yeah. can't believe I'm calling this game. Um, so it's definitely work. And okay. you know, that's one thing that people are like, oh, you work <laughs> in sports, like how cool is that you get paid to go to games? And yeah, I do. I mean, right? There's a reason that I... I got into this industry because I get you to go to games, yeah. And, yeah. and I and I have a passion for it. But it definitely is. I mean, you you put a lot of work into, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving the fans what they want and and giving perspective and stats and delivering the okay. quotes that you know you interview and you know because people at the end of the day they they look to you as their source for yeah. information about these athletes, these coaches, these teams, whatever it may be. And speaking of like looking to to you as the source, kind of touch on like um, how technology has enhance or maybe hinder you know what you guys do in in the world of sports because um, I can pick up my my phone check Twitter and boom I get yeah the information that what I'm looking for um, but you still have to you know kind of report on it and, and maybe even bring that you know um, what I want to say the uni- uniqueness to, to to the stories yeah it's it's a we're at a really interesting time right now yeah. in this industry with social media mm-hmm. um, I kind of grew up with it a little bit I'm okay. 29 years old right now so okay. I'm kind of in that millennial <laughs> <Okay>. demographic <laughs> so I, I kind of only known the social mm-hmm. media aspect of the industry I know you know some of my bosses that have been in the industry for a lot longer 
you know, they don't know, right? They, they still don't really love Twitter or Facebook okay. or you know understand the whole fan interaction part sure. of it. But um, it's risky. You know, it's a really interesting medium. I mean, talking about Twitter specifically, mm-hmm. which is my favorite. Same here. Know, my I like Twitter favorite too. Yeah. platform to use because it's quick and you get the information. But sometimes it's too quick. Okay. In the sense <laughs> of people are you know tweet out the wrong stats mm. or the wrong quotes or you know misleading quotes mm-hmm. whatever it may be because you only have a certain number of characters 280 look yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and it used to be 140 yeah right and and so people you know can sometimes get away from the actual message they want to get across or the mm-hmm. stat or the quote whatever it may be so you really have to be you have to be cautious sure. and, and and understand with tweeting, you know, you don't get to edit tweets. No, you don't. Which is something I really hope Twitter changes. <laughs> Twitter, if, you, if you're listening, future. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Facebook, you can, you know, you have a little bit more of a platform yeah. to, you know, speak your mind or, you know, put a video mm-hmm. out there. But Twitter has certain regulations as, as far as time limit and, and space character yeah. limit. Um, so I, I love it just because it's quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's part of that millennial mindset of I want it fast and you know I want it to look good and so that that's really what I love about social media but Mm -hmm. it really has changed the industry because people aren't waiting for me I work in local news people aren't waiting until 6 and 10 o'clock at night to see our sports highlights not like how they used to like you know back before pre you know social media right yeah Yeah, and and there was no I mean people used to wait to see what happened in sports you know because you know yeah, they could probably watch the game live, but they didn't maybe always get the the post game mm-hmm. comments mm-hmm. or you know see the entire game, and, sure. and they might be waiting for your sports guest. People aren't waiting for no. us anymore, so we have to find a way to be creative to offer them something that they don't get on Twitter. Okay, and maybe that's our own point of view, or maybe that's you know finding an interview that we're able to do a one on one with, or really storytelling, which is my favorite part about you know local news is is finding the story within okay. the story. Um, that that's it's really it's ever changing and you have to be willing to keep up with the times yeah Yeah, keep up with it and also change with it too and and find your own way to be creative with it because it really Mm -hmm. anyone can be a journalist right now yeah it's kind of the crazy way of looking at it i mean any anybody can start a blog and anybody Mm -hmm. can be a statistician and and do analytics which is crazy in our industry right right. tell me about it yeah (laughs) people want to know the numbers and 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 the tendencies, whatever it may be. Um, so anybody has access to that if they really want to, which is it's awesome for the industry, mm-hmm. but it also makes it a challenge to really separate yourself. Yeah. And I was going to mention earlier um, the story within the story, right? Like you find that, that unique story because um, we can always talk about the major and big stories, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe let's focus locally, right? Um, to find that story that may not make it nationally how, how do you go about you know doing that because i like that 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 brings like the the emotion the human side to yeah. telling a, a you know a sports story whatever type of story it may be the way i look at it is that everybody has a story sure yeah. um some people's story may be more dramatic mm-hmm. maybe more heartbreaking maybe more uplifting you okay. don't know until you bring that out of somebody okay so for me um you know we might not have the access to the packers like like a lot of people do okay. in local news because we're not covering them every single day. We're at all their games. We're at mm-hmm. most of their you know their one would think otherwise though. Right? Yeah, but we don't <laughs> just because it's it's 
an hour and 45 sure. minutes away. We're not there every day. Even mm-hmm. with the Brewers and their schedule being, you know, every single day. We're not at every single Brewer game or yeah. at every single availability. We cover the team on a daily basis by showing their highlights. Sure, sure. But you really, I mean, to find the story within the story, you need to get to know people. Okay. And you need to treat them like humans. Yeah, and yeah. That, at the end of the day, that's what these athletes and coaches want more than yeah. anything. They want to be able to trust you. Okay. And to find that trust is really what it's all about. To, to find that trust will give the story to you mm. you know you might learn something about these guys that you're not going to get in a big media scrum when there's 10 15 cameras around them when the microphones and, and they're like yeah because <laughs> yeah. not a lot of people like talking right. like that um i'm in the industry and i don't love that but you do, you're doing great right now oh, thank you, thank you. but yeah it's uh but I, I i love the stories that nobody sees you know maybe mm-hmm. it's the high school athlete that has overcome a big injury sure. or is dealing with something off the field that is you know, and sports is their escape. Because yeah. for so many people, that really is the that's truth the, about, yeah. about sports. It's, yeah. it's their escape. It's their entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do is I try to find the stories that showcase these athletes, teams, coaches in a different light than you might see them on the field. Okay. And that, that's what, getting back to what I said earlier. It, it, everybody has a story. You just yeah, need yeah. to find it. Yeah. And sometimes those stories come to us in an email or, okay. or a pitch or, okay. you know, somebody reaches out to us. Other times you might be at a game and you see something that really stands out um, and you inquire about it. Uh And then there are other times where, you know, you just, you just have to do the dirty work. You have to, you have to go try and find a story. Okay. Um, And, and, you know, you really have to get out there and grind, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Not not everything always comes to you, but some of the best stories I've ever told are just being lucky, being in the right place at the right time seeing somebody at you know pregame at a brewers game mm-hmm. that is throwing out the first pitch and why are you throwing out the first pitch okay and then you find out their backstory and, and then you, you go. get to share yeah. it so yeah a lot of it isn't planned and that you have to be willing to to be adjust creative and, and yeah adjust on the fly yeah where do you think it's it um the sports industry will be going now because before it, social media wasn't the, the platform right mm-hmm. Now it is, but kind of, do you know, or not do you know, but where do you expect it to go, you know, with you still being, I would say, fairly young in the the, the industry? I think we're seeing a lot of um, analysis and critiques and opinionated type of journalism right now. Um, If you look at some of the major networks, a lot Mm -hmm. of them are talking heads and screaming at each other. Um, it's kind of getting away from the classic highlight-driven yeah. sportscasts, or you know, we think of Sports Center. I mean, yep. I used to watch Sports Center on repeat all day. I do watch, too. And, right? yeah, yep. and watch the same highlights <laughs> yep. over and over again. I just and I still enjoyed it. Yep. But we're getting away from that, and, and people want opinions, mm-hmm. um, and people want breakdowns, and I, I think analytics are really, um, really catching on. People okay. want to know why things happen and how they're happening mm. and how it's based off of years before that or you know okay. it, it, people are really looking within the stats within the stats sure yeah it's really that's amazing to it, me that yeah. that's a major you know component now yeah you know back then i would never have thought that okay because of this number this is the results and this is why it yeah pretty much happened and they have numbers to back it up yeah like i even think about like <clears throat> a stat the brewers put out that they were you know 17 and 7 in night games and then but they're five and you know, or four and nine yeah. in, in day games. Like, why is that? Right. And it's probably because of their sleep patterns and sure. you know, and the, the amount of time, the routine, pregame, whatever it may be. And people okay. will find ways to break down those numbers and then find out 
how they're doing with opposite field hitting. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. You really, it's maybe trying to find out too much. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the future of, you know, live, live sports is always going to live. Yeah. yeah. People love watching sports. They like being at games. That's that's going to be there. Yeah, that's not going them. away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think how people get their sports is going to change. I think, you know, platforms like Twitter mm-hmm. and Facebook. Mm-hmm. We've already seen Major League Baseball games streamed on live. Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Um, Twitter has has broadcasted yep. NFL games in the past. I mm-hmm. think we're going to start to see a lot more of that when they get rights because people are going away from the TV. Sure. And um, everything is at the, yeah. you know, your, your hands. <laughs> so I, I don't think live sports is, is going away. Right. Yeah. But I think how we get them is, is certainly going to keep changing and it's going to only be easier and more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. Um which is, it's going to be interesting for sports reporters and journalists and trying to keep jobs and, yeah. and find creative ways to to tell stories with, with the platforms mm-hmm. continuing. Speaking of, you know, jobs, um, like you, you said, your story, you know, you went to Madison, graduated, went to um, like North Dakota, right, Vermont, um, and you, you had to, again, go to those places to kind of sharpen your skills to land you, you know, here. Um, what recommendations would you give someone that's you know either you know in high school or you know getting ready to graduate from college that want to make that jump into to this industry? The biggest thing and some of the best advice I got in this industry from mentors that I spoke to mm-hmm. is that you have to be willing to go anywhere. Okay. And be able to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Okay. Is really what it's all oh, about. Okay. Um, that's pretty deep. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of us, I'm sure, don't want to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. No. No. And, and you know, trust me, I I grew up in the Philadelphia area. My whole family's in the Philadelphia area, and it was tough to leave them. Yeah. You know, I I haven't lived at home since high school, and wow. when you sit back and think about that, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm a rare breed, and and in this industry, it takes a rare breed for uh-huh. a lot of people. Like people just think, oh, you talk about sports, but no, they don't think about I haven't lived at home in 11 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, because Philadelphia is a huge sports market. I mean, mm-hmm. my goal one day is to get back there, but mm-hmm. I have to put in the time to to get to those type of markets. Oh. Um, and the other thing is, is I think that people get too caught up on wanting to be in the best markets yeah. that they forget about quality of life mm-hmm. and, um, you know, being a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, I've been in Milwaukee now for three and a half years, and I, I love it more than I ever thought I would. Okay. Um, and when I came to Milwaukee, I, I said to myself, all right, I'll be there for my two-year contract, and I'll yeah. be in my next big market. But sure. no, I mean, when you find when you find something good, it's good. Yeah. And um, But the best piece of advice I ever got is to treat your first couple of years after college as your grad school. Mm, because okay. And that goes back to the being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Because in this industry, whether you're writing, whether you're on air um, in, as a play-by-play mm-hmm. broadcaster or as a sports reporter, whatever it may be, you're gonna have to start small. Because okay. you need to go somewhere and make mistakes and and learn from them. Yeah. Um, and North Dakota was that place for me. And I would say even Burlington, Vermont, where I was for two years before sure. Milwaukee, I the only way you learn is trial by fire and making mistakes. Okay. You hope you don't make a, a huge mistake <laughs> yeah, that will yeah. land you on you know, YouTube right. or Deadspin. Right. Or, Avoid those places, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, my motto in life is never make the news right. on my own station. So, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you, you know, you, you try to find places that are going to groom you as a broadcaster, uh-huh. and I don't think you need to go to grad school when you're okay. coming out of college. I think your grad school should be those first two to four years mm-hmm. out when you really are going to learn how to shoot and how to edit and okay. how to find your voice and 
and really learn what type of broadcaster you can be. And I think yeah. people get caught up on, I need to go to grad school after I graduate. No, your grad school is going out there and learning. Yeah. And you're, there's, there's nothing that I learned in my classes that taught me, mo- taught me enough that helped me right away in my first job. Sure, yeah. you, you learn it out. As you go, fly. right, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and so that, that's always my, my big piece of advice is don't okay. be afraid to be comfortable in, in the uncomfortable yeah. and, and also treat your first couple of years as grad school. And uh, being willing to, to like you say, um, learn as much as you can, right? Just don't mm-hmm. go pigeonhole yourself. Just don't think that you. I'm just going to be, you know, an on-air um, broadcaster. Correct. But you need to be able to learn, you know, edit, write, you know, um, film, you know, all those things, correct? And, and that, yeah, that's the thing that I think people are most surprised when I talk about my, my career path. Sure is they don't realize at home that I write everything that goes into my teleprompter. I, ah, I, I, okay. I, I edit every piece of video that goes into my sportscast, and I okay. put every graphic that shows up behind me. So one would think that someone's doing that, that for you. And, and, it, and in some markets they good. are. Sure, but sure. But you know, in, in this particular market, I'm still doing all of that. And I, and I still go out and I shoot all of my own stories, which is mm. where the industry is headed. Okay. You know, my bosses both, you know, my coworkers, that have been in the industry for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. they never had to shoot, so they still don't have to because they haven't been trained. Sure. But they maybe one day they might have to. Yeah. Okay. And you, and and that's really what it comes down to being the most versatile person you can be in this industry is okay. is I I still think the most important part of what I do is writing. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. People see me on TV and but they don't think about the writing that goes into yeah, it. Yeah. But I, I think that's one of my biggest strengths and that that has helped get me to this point right okay. now is were those days as a freshman in college writing for the Badger Herald and really yeah. starting to build a foundation on writing because no matter what medium you're in in journalism you need to know how to write yeah. and, and with any pr- profession really yeah, for yeah, the most part exactly yeah. exactly so yeah I, I would say that you have to know, you have to know how to do everything now yeah. and it's really it's really changed um, but it, it sets me up for future jobs mm-hmm. is being able to say yeah I can shoot you know, if we're in a pinch or okay, you know, yeah, I, I can edit all my own stuff. And that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be handy with the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, before before we let you um, go, um, do you like remember like one of your most memorable like stories or moments? You know, in in this industry. Oh yeah, it yeah. can be from anywhere from North Dakota, Vermont, Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> well. Since I've been in Wisconsin, I've been very lucky to cover a lot of sure. really cool sporting events. I'd mentioned earlier, you know, two NFC championships, yeah. a Final Four run by the Badgers, uh, bowl games mm-hmm. uh, for you know Badger football team. You know, Marquette yeah. playing deep into a season. I uh, haven't had a Brewers playoff yet. Not I had yet. Bucks yeah. playoffs yeah. Um, and covering you know big personalities like Aaron Rodgers, Giannis yeah. Adetokounmpo. I yeah. mean, that, that's really cool. Uh, but I still always think about. North Dakota. It always okay. humbles me. Okay. Um, I used to call games on top of a truck. What? Literally sitting on top of a truck in the middle of winter when it was like really? negative 20 degrees outside. Sitting on a truck with gloves and my play-by-play charts in front of me. <laughs> wow. My, you know, wind whipping, snow coming down uh-huh. to the point where I couldn't even read what was in front of me. But, you know, you, you think back on that now and it humbles you. Yeah, and yeah. You, you think about the journey that it took to get to this point. Okay. And I, I hope I hope I'm telling stories 40 years from now sure. about my time in Milwaukee and, and whatever it may be. But I always am able to go back to when it all started. It, okay. And 
um, that, that's what keeps you going, uh, okay. really, is, is, is the journey that you're on and the people that you meet. Mm-hmm. I, made, I made so many friends that I never thought I would because there are so many people fighting the same fight yep. that I am. Yeah. And um, it really is a small world and a small community in this industry. And yeah. I really encourage people to, to take that leap and, and try. Yeah. Even, even if you don't think it's right for you, you'll know right away. Sure. Um, but you might find yourself surprised yeah. as to how much fun it really is, even when it might be tough in some of those smaller markets. Yeah. And speaking of fun, before we before we go, um, you being from Philadelphia, right? Um, City of champions right now. I was oh, okay, that's fair, right? <laughs> I've, never had, I've never been able to say that in my lifetime. So. Well, there you go, right? <laughs> Super Bowl champion. Yeah, yeah. So, so you won um, a bet with one of your coworkers, right? Uh-huh. Kind of, she's kind of telling people a little bit about that. Yeah, <laughs> she may I see not. You're about right. Toya. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so Toya Washington is one of our main anchors. She's our 5 p.m. anchor, and uh, she is from the Minneapolis Absol- area. Yeah. I'm from Philadelphia, so we made a little bet uh-huh. um, before the Vikings and Eagles played in the NFC Championship game. The loser would have to wear the opposing jersey mm-hmm. on air, and so. The Eagles won handily, yeah. I might add. <laughs> so I made sure to bring her some Eagles gear, and then the last segment of one of our newscasts, yep. she got to wear a full <laughs> Eagles getup. Uh, Had no, right? Yeah, she, she owned it. She yeah. didn't love it, but right, she right. owned it. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. It was, it, yeah. I love Toya. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> just one of those things, you know. Your your coworkers are are like family. Yeah, that's true. So we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure there'll be more bets in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, thank you very much for taking the time out to share your journey and testimony and um, sharing your, your knowledge, your expertise on this industry. Because I, you know, often look at it and be like, man, I wonder, you know, how they got there. Um, and for me, this podcast, this, this is my platform to help educate and share um, the stories of others, right? So then maybe someone can, you know, take that leap to go to wherever, and next thing you know, they're being interviewed. So again, I appreciate your, your time. Yeah, and, you know. of course. Thank you for having me on, and I encourage anyone listening. If you yeah. want to reach out and, and find out more or any more advice, I'm more than happy to sit down and, and talk with anyone, whether in high school, college, in early in the profession, sure. whatever it may be. I mean, it, it really it's a small community, and we all. You know, as competitive as it is, we're all oh. fighting the same fight. Yeah. We're trying to help each other out. So, okay. I'm glad to glad to talk to anybody out yeah. there. There you go. All right. Thanks for um, tuning in to the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing a game. Hey, thanks for listening to the Dream Sports Podcast, where it's more than just playing a game. So, what do you think? Please go subscribe at iTunes and/or SoundCloud, and there you can write a review, rate the show. And let me know your thoughts. Thanks again.